Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Comic Source Comic Boom collaboration. Time for another Daily Spawn. We're up to issue number 45. Just a quick reminder what we're doing. It's the 30th anniversary of Spawn. It's also the 30th anniversary of Image Comics. So that, coupled along with the fact that Spawn broke the record for longest creator-owned book when it hit 301 a couple of years ago, which made me want to catch up and read Spawn. And then kind of the the final piece is the fact that Todd McFarlane's trying to launch or organically start, let's put it that way, a shared superhero universe, starting with Spawn as the central character, but then hoping it grows organically with other creators coming in, writing stories, creating characters, and eventually they'll have books that aren't, aren't even really related to Spawn. So with those books coming out last year in 2021, starting with a one-shot called Spawn Universe and then Gunslinger Spawn, King Spawn, and finally The Scorched, which was supposed to come out in December, but because of paper and shipping delays, didn't come out till January of, of this year. Um, but I tried to read those books. I mean, I did read them, but it, I didn't have all the context that I could have had. There were a lot of references to things that had happened to Spawn and characters that I, I wasn't that familiar with. And I thought, well, you know, that's because I've never read Spawn. And I, I certainly want to be in on the ground floor of this Spawn universe, because I'm curious to see if McFarlane's going to be able to, to kick it off. I mean, it's been a long time. Obviously, we, had the, we have the Marvel and the DC shared universes, the two most well-known, the big two. There haven't been a lot of other shared universes that have really like caught on and hung around for anywhere near the length of time of Marvel and DC. Valiant's done it twice, and you could argue about the success of it either time. You know, it seemed pretty successful until Acclaim bought it and then kind of ran it into the ground. And then the second one seemed pretty successful until the Chinese company DMG took it over and feels like they've run it into the ground and it feels irrelevant now. Uh, we had the Ultraverse of Malibu. We had CrossGen, which failed. So it's... Dark Horse has tried it several times. Yeah, it, it it seems like it's really hard to make it stick and last for a really long time. So curious to see if McFarlane can catch uh, catch lightning in a bottle. So um, anyway, let's dive into this issue, issue number 45. It's a big issue. There's a lot that happens. I really, really enjoyed this issue. It felt a little bit like a return to some of the things I liked best about the series when I first started reading it. A lot of plot threads, a lot of things going on. When you read it, it feels like you're investing time. Uh, you know, it takes you a while to get through it, as opposed to maybe the last three or four issues where they felt like really, really quick reads. That is not the case with uh, with the book we're going to talk about today. So, uh, great cover by Capullo. We do get the the credits inside the cover. Todd McFarlane does the story. Greg Capullo on pencils. Todd McFarlane handles the inks. Tom Orzakowski on letters. Brian Haberlin, not uh, Steve Olaf, on the colors. And a special thanks to Danny and Mickey. And also a special thanks to our Hanging with Todd winner, Todd Bluestein, not or David Bluestein, rather. Not exactly sure what the Hanging with Todd uh, contest was. Uh, but we do get a, a summary from last issue. Now, last issue, Spawn was being attacked by this angel. She seemed to get the upper hand. She was about to decapitate him. We never got her name throughout the story. We don't get her name here either, but yet here it is in the summary. So kind of a strange way to, to find out who she is. Uh, but her name is Tiffany. And as it says there, she was uh, vowing to make a name for herself. She feels she's better than Angela. She deserves, you know, the, the priority 1A position uh, among the angels. And so 
she knows that if she, or priority A1, did I say 1A? Anyway, it's, I mean, it's right there in the, the summary, priority A1. Um, and she knows that if she destroys Spawn, she's going to get that promotion. Uh, we know that Spawn was dissected by Curse and then blown up, and only through the use of his symbiotic costume was he able to survive that. Helped out a little boy who was a huge comic fan and seemed somewhat functional, but then in the next issue, completely dysfunctional, the body completely broken down, not working. And we saw several, several animals, I guess we'll say, I don't know if insects or animals, I, I suppose they are, um, but all these different life forms that were going to spawn and giving him some of their, you know, quote unquote, evil life force. So you had insects, you had maggots, you had um, worms, you had rats. And as spawn was gaining this quote unquote, evil life force of these uh, various animals, he was recharging, he was regenerating, uh, not necessarily his power, the power counter wasn't going up, but, but he was healing in some way. So kind of interesting, doesn't completely make sense to me. Like if he's recharging, why doesn't his power counter go up? He still had the same amount of power. Um, so maybe it was actually the costume, the, the symbiotic costume, liveries, sometimes it's called in the book, that was actually recharging or getting this energy and then using it to heal spawn. So his counter was his energy counter was staying the same. Not exactly sure. But as I said, as he was gaining this, this evil energy, it was glowing green the way Tony Daniel drew it last issue. Um, and it was bigger and bigger animals eventually, you know, like I said, rats and then wolves, and then finally a bear. Um, but the thing was that Tiffany showed up while spawn was doing this while he was, quote unquote, recharging. And Tiffany even commented on it saying, oh, I'm lucky enough to have caught you in this weakened state. And Spawn wasn't really fighting back, was kind of letting her just beat on him because he knew at some point she was going to sort of trigger the costume and the costume would save him as it's done so many times in the past, but maybe relying on it too much because it seemed at the end that she was about to decapitate him. And what we learned was that uh, by decapitating a hell spawn, that's the, the way to, to rid them for, of this world. They're going to go all the way back to hell. They'll no longer exist on our, on our plane. So uh, we also did check in on Burke and Williams, and they were talking about uh, wanting to get in touch with spawn, wanting to find spawn, get answers from spawn about where the file came from that had all the information that uh, implicated Burke along with some other people. Uh, because when they finally, you know, they got fired, so they didn't get to finish their investigation. So the way they solved that, the only avenue they had was to take the file to the press. And even though it named a lot of other people beyond Chief uh, Banks, I think I said Burke earlier, Banks uh, was the, the police chief who was implicated in the file and uh, was involved with uh, setting up Billy Kincaid to kill Senator Jennings' daughter. So Banks kills himself at the end of, I guess it would have been issue 43, because after Sam and Twitch were fired, they, they had no outs. They, they couldn't go, uh, they couldn't investigate anymore. They needed the upper hand. They gave it to the press, but the press, again, Jason Wynn's reach is big. It's, it's widespread, and he uses influence to basically have everything point at chief banks and insulate everybody else. And banks end up, ends up taking the fall, ends up killing himself. 
and Sam and Twitch want answers. Okay, first of all, Spawn, where did you get this file? And what exactly does it mean? Because again, so many people were implicated in the file and in the information we gave to the press. Not all of it made the papers because of the influence of Win. Those other people need justice. Those other people need to be brought to justice. So that's where Sam and Twitch are. But remember, they don't have the resources of being police officers anymore. So how's that going to play out? Uh, so as we get into this issue, we see um, Spawn is kind of laying there on a, it's an interesting splash page. He's kind of laying there on this twisted tree. And we're reminded that um, if you remove the head of a Spawn, that will kill it. Uh, it voids the creature and its living shell from this level of existence is the way that we're, we're uh, that it's worded. So its severed head is proof of that finality. And so just like we saw last issue, there is Tiffany about to cut off the, the head of Spawn. So uh, he's got his mask on and she jumps up, she swings her sword. We see it in silhouette and then his head falls onto the ground. Now, if you notice when his head hits the ground there and kind of bounces and rolls. It doesn't have the mask on. And so she picks up the head and thinks that she's done what she set out to do. And then all of the sudden, all of a sudden uh, the head turns into this uh, writhing mass of like maggots and worms and all kinds of disgusting things. And she, she kind of freaks out. It's like, it's not real. It's magic. He fooled me. And uh, Spawn apparently recovering from the beating he, he had been taking says just that. Yeah. Um, you fell for the bait. He pulled his head back at the last second or, or whatever, whatever um, wording it's, I mean, I, I get it. Like maybe you, it was a glamor, but I think it could have been, like the transition wasn't great um, in the panels because it really did look like it was his head there with the mask on. And then obviously when it falls down, the head rolls off. It's not, doesn't have a mask. So it's clearly not the same one, but I don't know. It, it was kind of wonky, you know, and Spawn says, Oh, you took the bait. And then uh, we're told the creature's cloak had briefly obscured its head long enough for a mound of hidden worms to slither across the folds and, and throughout uh, and, you know, roll onto the ground. I don't know. It just seemed a little, a little wonky. I mean, there's a lot of things to like about it. The fact that you tricked her and she's holding a mass of worms <laughs> in her hand is kind of cool. Um, but anyway, they start fighting once again with Spawn saying, you know, I'm not ready to die. And he's sort of waiting for, again, the uniform to kind of take over. He doesn't seem to want to use, um, his power, you know, he's always so reluctant to use it because he has such a finite amount. And he mentions Angela and uh, Tiffany says, you know, Angela's a traitor and I won't let you, you know, mock our cause. And so um, eventually, and I, I don't know, it, it, it's not clear why, but eventually as usually happens, the costume does seem to take over. Spawn goes, underground there's some commentary here by mcfarlane about how the greatest evil lives below lives underground internal blackness and that is basically what they do they they go underground and then uh attack angela from uh, from below 
So it's a pretty, uh, pretty interesting way for Spawn to get the upper hand. Um, he's got a little bit of an advantage, but again, Tiffany's a, a very much a zealot and she's not going to go down without a fight. So we leave them battling for now and we check in on the three talking heads that we so often see the reporter from CNN talking about uh, Chief Banks and his funeral and how there was only one uh, one police escort, one lone police officer on a motorcycle, followed by the the, uh, the hearse with just one, uh, just the pastor in it, and then Chief Banks. So kind of a sad way and <laughs> to celebrate somebody's life. And, you know, obviously with all the, the news that came out, New York's finest is not about to, to honor this guy. So uh, kind of interesting, but we get a different perspective from the E Hollywood guy. And he talks about how um, restrained it was and how classy and a lot of taste and seems to be kind of missing the plot. Meanwhile, the, uh, the right wing guys on KCIN4 and he talks about the fact that Chief Banks was probably corrupt all along, uh, how he worked for just about every different security or policing force known to man. And all he was doing the whole time was running these criminal plots in, in the background. And it's no wonder that he didn't have time to get married or raise any kids because he was too busy raising his own private army that would go out to do his, his bidding. So it might be a little a little far-fetched there, but, you know, he's never one to shy away from his, uh, his opinion. Uh, next up, we check on Sam and Twitch. Uh, they're having a conversation. Twitch still hasn't told his wife that he got fired. Sam's trying to convince him, saying, you know, we can't, y- y- she'll understand. I mean, he's actually giving good advice for once. It's like, you know, you, you, your money's going to run out. She's going to find out you were fired eventually. And then she's going to wonder, well, where were you all those weeks when you were pretending to go to work? So, but Twitch is struggling. I, you know, maybe it's my uh, backwards thinking that a man should provide for his family. And I, you know, I just don't know what to do. And I was thinking that maybe if we talked to Spawn and we solved this case that the board would reinstate us. And Sam's like, I'm not going back to work for the police. No, that's, uh, that's not going to happen. Um, and, uh, you know, I have bigger ideas for us. And he goes to his fridge. Um, Cause you kind of think, okay. And I mentioned this before, maybe they'll open their own detective agency or something like that, but then he goes to the fridge. I'm like, what the heck? He pulls out an old uh, can of Crisco and inside the can is a bunch of cash. And he tells Twitch exactly what I sort of suspect. Hey, I want to have our, be our own boss. I want to run our own agency doing private detective work. And I thought it would be great if I had a partner and that partner could be you. And Twitch kind of loses it. He's like, oh, I love you, man. I mean, sir. And Sam kind of rolls his eyes. And so, yeah, they're going to uh, kind of hang out their own shingle, do what they do best, but not have to worry about answering to uh, any higher ups, any kind of people that are corrupt or or anything like that. So uh, makes a lot of sense. And that's where, uh, where Sam and Twitch are. Meanwhile, um, back during this fight, uh, Spawn is once again losing, and we're told about the legend of the Black Dispersal. So um, this this legend, this Hell Spawn, I don't want to. I don't know if I can call it a power ability. I guess the silent signal goes out. 
to all the occupants uh, of the Shadowlands. And again, it's all those animals that we saw that were, are willing to give up the part of their evil life force to uh, to the Hellspawn. And basically the signal, the, the Black Dispersal, it signals all those sorts of animals that, hey, there's a, there's a beam of light that's here trespassing again. And, you know, we need your help to, uh, to remove it. So while Spawn continues to battle Tiffany, all these animals are, are being attracted to her uh, and she doesn't realize it. So the other part of this is just like when Spawn was needing nourishment or, or at least his symbiotic costume was needing nourishment and it was taking that evil life force. This is sort of the same thing. Um, and at that moment when it's triggered and you can see it here, it's really cool looking image from, uh, from Capullo at that moment when he's gathered enough of this kind of evil life force energy from his chest comes this uh, plasma strand as it's, as it's called condensing its internal neurosystem flow. The hellspawn forces each plasma strand to gather it's dark evil to a single point, a concentrate of pure malicious energy. So he fires this energy out of his chest uh, and it says it's usually released through the chest in a convulsive explosion that showers its intended target with the unspeakable aura of the damned. So basically it's like painting a target with a, a laser, right? And once this thing fires out of spawn and hits Tiffany, she's kind of gloating like, Oh, is that the best you got? Like that didn't even do anything. That didn't even bother me. Like, you know, you're, you're weak and I'm about to kill you because she doesn't realize that what spawns done is basically just set her up for all these animals to attack. And that's exactly what, what happens. So <laughs> spawn was sort of waiting for the, uh, the costume to save him. But in the end, he does have to use, um, some of his own power um, because you do see, let me go back a page here. You do see that when he does unleash that, uh, that uh, pure malicious energy, that concentrate, that his power does go down. He was previously at six, zero, eight, one. He drops all the way down to six, seven, eight, six. So it is not an insignificant amount of power that he uses to sort of paint this target on, uh, on Tiffany's back. Uh, and then, as all these animals are attacking her, she's trying to get to defend herself. The, uh, the costume trips her with the chains and she falls down and the animals just jump on her. Uh, and it ends up being a pretty brutal scene, uh, as you can see. And even Spawn says, well, that's insane uh, because she's been picked clean. I mean, it's just her skeleton left. It's pretty gross. So um, now we're told that his cloak whips into the cool air, proclaiming victory with its dance. So at the end of the day, Spawn did have to use some of his powers, but between the animals, between his costume, he is able to defeat Tiffany. Meanwhile, uh, Wanda's gone to the doctor. We saw, I think it was last issue, the issue before, she's been having a cough. Doctor says, yeah, it looks like you have a little bit of a strep throat, a little bit of a viral infection. I'll give you some medicine for it. And, and then also asks after Terry saying, you know, your husband seems to be skipping his checkups too probably should have him come in and Wanda does mention, yeah, I think I, uh, I think I passed my cough along to him. So uh, he's pretty busy, but I'll try to see if, um, if I can get him to come in. 
So uh, on the next page, we do see Terry. He's working late. He's coughing. He's taking cough drops. He doesn't want to quit working. He doesn't want to listen to his body because we're even told Terry Fitzgerald will soon wish he'd listen to his body because he, he thinks to himself, I feel like crap, but he's on a lead. He thinks he might actually have a way to find some incriminating, incriminating evidence against Jason Wynn. So, you know, he, he doesn't want to stop burning the midnight oil, but it, does that mean he's going to get really sick? Does it mean like, why, why would he need to listen to his body? Uh, I mean, get really sick or he's sick and then something happens to Wanda and he's not there to help with her. Like, we don't know yet, but forget about foreshadowing. Like McFarland's telling us straight out something bad's about to happen. Right. So we'll see how that plays out. Probably violator related. Uh, and then uh, on the next page, we see that spawn has returned back to the alley. So you can see, uh, like I was saying before at the top of the episode about how much this is more like the first issues that we got where it jumps around from storyline to storyline and, and we sort of check in on everybody and we get a, it feels like we get a big chunk of story. A lot of stuff's happening. We've already had a fight. We've already checked in on Sam and Twitch. We've checked in on Wanda. We've checked in on Terry. Spawn has uh, returned from the wilderness once again. I mean, I mean, that part does feel a little repetitive. The fact that he keeps getting kidnapped or thrown, you know, into the South or West Virginia or wherever. Um, I have talked about that before about how I just prefer him to just stay in New York. Um, but one thing that is interesting. So I, I sort of thought with all this healing and his body being put back together after being dissected by curse and borrowing evil life energy from all these different animals that he would heal his face too. Uh, but apparently not because we do see in this uh, on the top of this page illustrated by Capullo that he still has the, uh, shoelace stitching on his face. So he makes it back to his alley and he's thinking, uh, you know, not good memories of it. When he sees his throne, it reminds him that curse had booby trapped it and a reminder of, of, of being abducted. And he's thinking about how the craziness of his life needs, needs to stop, right? He just needs a chance to catch his breath. Um, now, while he's kind of reminiscing on what happened, Cogliostro shows up and says, you can't run from it. And, Spawn's surprised to see him and, and Cog saying it's, it's a part of you. It's not going to go away, uh, but it is good to have you back. And Spawn's like, well, well, you know, what do you mean? Um, are you talking about the costume? Because I, I feel like my costume's been taking me over. Like it's got control of me. And Cogniostra's like, well, then take control back. Don't let your, don't let your symbiotic costume you know, ruled you. And Spawn's like, well, what do you think I've been doing? And Cogliostro's like, uh, I feel like you've been losing the grip on your, your uniform, on your life. Um, you got to remember it's a two-way street. It's a symbiotic relationship. Like it needs you as much as you need it. And it keeps changing and evolving like faster than we've seen these sorts of costumes change before. So you need to, you need to fight it. You need to be the warrior that you are. Um, and, and regain control and Spawn's like, but I don't even know why this is happening. And Cogliosa is like, well, did, did something happen? Was there something traumatic? And Spawn mentions having, uh, having had the costume separated from him and Cogliosa is like, okay, is, is that it? Anything else? And Spawn says, well, uh, we just killed an angel and uh, 
uh, I felt like the angel deserved it and we didn't have a choice. So, you know, the costume, you know, was a part of that. Um, and Cogliostro, he doesn't mind that necessarily. He's like, well, yeah, the, the history of angels and hell spawns is, you know, it's not like they, they really get along. So, um, you know, maybe that's not such a, such a bad thing, but there still is that, that trauma that's been uh, experienced by both Al Simmons and the, the costume. So um, Spawn does mention, yeah, that it, the costume did help me. Um, every, you know, my body, everything's reattached that was uh, removed from the, from the dissection. And now that I'm, you know, more back to my old self, maybe the costume will, will let me be in control again. <laughs> and Carlos was like, uh, I don't think so. Your, your outside costume is it's, uh, the symbiote has evolved too far. It's not going to just give control back. What you need to do is, is train it to listen to you. You got to become it's, it's master. You, it's not enough to just be the host and to nourish the costume. You got to show it who's, who's boss. Um, and Spawn's like, well, what if I don't, what if I don't care? And Cogliostro is like, well, then God help us all, you know, because the costume craves evil right? That's what it fed on. That's how it got the, uh, the, the evil energy life force that it needed to somewhat heal Spawn's body. Not all the way, right? Because we do see that he still has the shoelace stitches in his face, but the costume, it's a symbiote. It's an alien symbiote from hell that was born in hell, born in a place of evil. You know, unlike Al Simmons, Al Simmons you know, made his mistakes in life, died, went to hell, and then, you know, made his bad deal with Malbolgia, but there's still good in him. We know that he, a lot of times he tries to do the right thing. He's He wasn't born in hell as opposed to this costume that was born in hell and ultimately is uh, craves evil in a lot of ways. And so once uh, Cagliostro leaves, Spawn tries to get some sleep, um, and uh, when he's asleep, the costume once again uh, assumes control, which is really creepy. Spawn, Spawn's not even aware of it. So we see that while Al Simmons is sleeping, the costume goes and dumps a big, huge glob of those worms, maggots, insect type things. You know, the same sort of mass that it used to, uh, to trick Tiffany into thinking she had decapitated Spawn and dumps it in this, uh, in this dumpster, this garbage dumpster. And it says that the costume was looking for the ideal spot, being very careful not to wake its host, finding a perfect spot for, uh, for this mass, a place where it can grow and it can multiply and it can thrive. And then the costume settles back down, content that it's found a, a home for the worms that it carries. Uh, for his worms, his carriers, his evil. So my first thought is, well, that's pretty creepy. My second thought is, does the costume sense that Al Simmons is not evil enough for the symbiote? That at some point, Al Simmons would turn against the costume? Uh, or that, you know, the, Al Simmons won't, do enough evil things to nourish the costume. So with these uh, worms and carriers and whatnot that the costume brought back from the woods, 
is the costume hoping that it can like grow its own body and then uh, bond with that and leave Al Simmons body of necroplasm to its own devices. Yeah. It's not enough that Spawn's got to deal with Sam and Twitch looking for him. Jason Wynn trying to mess with them. Uh, Malbolgia limiting his, uh, the amount of power he has violator wanting him dead. Like uh, the drama and chaos with Wanda and Terry Fitzgerald. No, no, that's not enough. McFarlane's got to throw another antagonist in here in the story. And that antagonist is Spawn's costume itself. The alien symbiote that, you know, it's supposed to be a symbiotic relationship. They're supposed to work together. They, they depend on each other. They need each other. Even Cogliostro said so. Well, it seems like the costume doesn't want to need Spawn. It wants to be able to operate independently of Spawn. And if it can grow its own sort of insect-like body, <laughs> then, then, you know, what do I need Spawn for? What do I need Al Simmons uh, you know, necroplasm or psychoplasm, whatever you want to call it. So it's really cool. Like, again, I, I love this type of story. I love the fact that or I love this type of comic. I should say that it's got all the subplots back in it. Not to say that we didn't have some good issues most recently, but this feels like getting back to the structure and form that I, I prefer. Um, especially because uh, McFarland does seem to be, quite worried. I mean, you'll see if you're watching on YouTube, there's a lot of um, dialogue boxes that I, uh, that I redacted and, and whited out. Um, but that's how we got so much story in this issue because McFarland gives us a lot of language. Now, the, the floweriness of the language, the exposition, he, again, he's gotten better. It, there's no walls of text in this issue. Uh, I don't feel like we got a repeat of a bunch of things that we've been told before. So I take that as, as progression. I take that as progress from McFarlane as a writer. Um, but some people might feel that this one's a little dialogue heavy, but I, I don't mind it because again, that's what allows us to check in on everybody and have so much context and have a, 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 an issue that feels really impactful. Like a lot happened. Um, and I, I don't know. I just love the idea of introducing another problem, another issue, another antagonist for Spawn to uh, have to worry about, one that's so close to him that he might not even see it, right? His costume is so close, he might not know it's an enemy until it's too late, which is bringing a whole nother level of, uh, of tension to the book. Uh, as far as the art, man, you know, as much as I'm a Tony Daniel fan, I think, I don't think art really gets much better in Spawn. Now, again, I'm only on issue 45, so we got you know, another, what, 275 issues to go or so. Uh, but for me, for now, at this point in the reading order, I I can't really say I've seen better art than Greg Capullo pencils with McFarlane inks. I mean, there's a lot of action in this one with Tiffany. There's some great character work with Sam and Twitch. Um, the, uh, the scene, the even the, the talking head scenes with Cogliostro, like all of it works really, really well. And there's some brutal, brutal images too. Like the first splash page image we talked about was Spawn kind of draped along the, the tree trunk. Tiffany being picked clean by all these animals. Um, Cogliostro and Spawn having their conversation. Uh, it, it's, it's somewhat of a talking head 
situation, but it's never it's never boring. Capullo does a fantastic job of of keeping it interesting, giving us tons of detail. Uh, I know I talked extensively last uh, episode and last issue about how it looked like digital color and it it lacked detail in the background. And although it looked kind of cool, it was more about the actual color palettes and the feelings that the color evoked more than the actual art. I mean, this is going back the other way to huge detail in pencils and uh, great facial expressions and and all of it rendered um, in, the, in a traditional way as opposed to through the computer coloring. So the art is is really fantastic uh, in this one. So uh, that's going to do it for this episode. Really excited. Uh, the, I, again, not that I thought the previous few issues were bad by any means. Um, and maybe I didn't even realize how how fast paced they had gotten and how much they felt like we were getting just a shorter piece of story till we hit this one. And to me, this is a huge high note. Like it, it just soars um, above the other issues in terms of like the amount of story and, uh, and setup and, you know, bringing that costume as a, an enemy enemy within, if you will, I think it's just a fantastic move by, uh, by McFarland. So we'll see how that plays out. Really excited to dive into the next few issues. So be sure you join us for those. We really appreciate it. If you're checking this out on the Comic Boom YouTube channel, we appreciate you guys doing that. Be sure you subscribe to the channel. If you listen to it and you haven't seen the incredible artwork and you want to see the video, go to YouTube, Comic Space Boom! Exclamation point. That's Rocky's channel. He should be back on these episodes soon. Uh, but make sure you subscribe to the Comic Boom channel. Ring the notification bell so you know when Rocky puts out new content. Like this video. All of that stuff really helps us. If you have discovered us on YouTube, looking for uh, spawn recaps and whatnot, and you want to check out our other content that's audio only on the comic source, just go to your favorite podcasting platform or podcasting app on your smart device. Do a search for the comic source and subscribe. That way you can listen to all the creator interviews we do and uh, show recaps and other coverage like uh, New Comics Wednesdays and and all that sort of stuff. So uh, we appreciate your support. Uh, as always, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. You can find the Comic Source Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash thecomicsource. Do a search for The Comic Source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.